Welcome to Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter's as ferocious as Kevin Durant when you compare him to Giannis. That man is a god, all right? Both of them are legends, but they're different in the way that they play, Matt. As much as you want to compare everybody in the NBA, sometimes you just can't. Man, I can't believe people got so mad at Jay Williams about that. I mean, <laughs> physicality-wise, they're pretty similar in height, and when Giannis broke into the league, he looked kind of like Durant. I don't get why you'd be so offended. Giannis is a two-time league MVP, which is more MVPs than KD has, but you're right. True. KD, definitely the better player. It's just, like, interesting. I guess maybe, you know, it's Giannis's jump shot that KD's like, whoa, 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 I'm a shooter. Don't compare me to him. But, hey, who knows, right? Yeah, definitely. Man, you crushed me in the hot takes last week. I was 0 for 2. I tried to get LeBron the win. Oh, no, no, I got that. Phoenix eliminated them. That was my hot take. Yeah, I, I know, I'm just, I just joke with you because, you know, low-key, you were like, I want LeBron to come through. So you were right. It's like the opposite, Matt, of last week where you were wrong, but you got the outcome you wanted. This time you're right, but you don't exactly get the outcome you want. Yeah, man, Kurt's just laughing at me. Yeah, but, like, I mean, it's easy for me sometimes when I get at on predictions. But, hey, not how we all do here. It's not always about predictions, Matt. Sometimes I just decide, hey, maybe I'll be right this week, and it worked out. You know yeah. it's probably not going to happen this week. Pick an easier one sometimes. <laughs> I've, been, I've been picking a couple easy ones the past few weeks, if you go and look back. <laughs> Man, they're all hard. Sports are, are a crapshoot sometimes, just all up in the air. But it's fun, right? All right, dude. NHL time? Yeah, man. I mean, it was a great segue. Crabshoot, Cavs, making it all the way to the conference finals. Nobody was predicting that, especially not me two weeks ago. I mean, I was so depressed and sad, but hey, man, look where we are now. You had no faith, and now you're back to, like, week two of the season, Matt, loving what he's seeing out of this team. But, like, I can't blame you. It's been pretty fantastic hockey from your boys. Man, they look like the team at the beginning of the regular season through the first 10 games that was rolling four lines and was just coming out in waves. Um, each forward line provides something a little bit different, and it's just just perfect right now what they're doing. They're suffocating teams, and Carey Price, man, I mean, just mm -hmm. wow. Just absolutely drop your jaw. Rocking a 942 in that Jets series with a 1.5 goals against average. He is leading the playoffs in save percentage, third in goals uh, saved above replacement players. They don't get on the seven-game winning streak in 438 straight minutes of not trailing hockey without the man. He is a legend. Yeah, that's such an insane stat. And I mean, you got to be so happy seeing Carey Price have these moments because you as a diehard Habs fan has have watched him grow and always be you know that clutch for your team. But seeing him do it again and again and again, especially when you weren't even expecting it, like it's it's oh, it's gotta be amazing, dude. Since two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when he broke into the league, I've been saying he's one of the best goaltenders. You know how much I love him. Mm -hmm. Twenty fifteen was vindication when he got that heart trophy, and in recent years he's really teetered off during the regular season. And I've been one of those Habs fans that, you know, has maybe suggested that the team could recoup hmm. some good assets for him and that paying $10.5 million for a goalie might not be the most financially sound decision that they could make. But he sure proves me wrong in the playoffs, man. 
And I am so glad that they have him. I'm so glad that he's on our team. I'm pretty nervous about that, that third round series. I mean, they're either going to get Vegas or Colorado and both those teams are, you know, they tied for first place for a reason. So, but it'd be nice to see Suzuki against the team that drafted him. I mean, mm. he got four points in that Jets series in four games. That line's clicking with him and Cole and Toffoli hooking up on the OT winner. And yeah. I think Shifley's just a, a, a dummy, man. He was trying to blame, blame uh, the Department of Player Safety. But, dude, don't be a jerk and try to end someone's career because you're frustrated. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Foolish move by him. Matt, I want to ask you because, you know, you're going to have a little bit of time. The boys have a little bit of rest with that sweep. And, you know, I remember when we were going into the playoffs, you were excited because they were going to have time to, you know, figure things out and play together. And some people might say that, you know, with the streak that you've been on all these games that you've been winning, having you stop playing hockey might be bad for you. Like, what's Where do you kind of sit on, on that regard? Well, I don't think it's the best thing for them right now, just the way that they've been rolling. I mean, after game seven in that Leaf series to come out and, and do what they did to the Jets. And then because the Jets lost Shifley, it was just even easier the next three games. It's nice for them. They did get a little bit of luck. The Jets lost Dylan DeMello, who was mm-hmm. a big piece of that of uh, that team and that defensive core, which was struggled pretty mightily. But Montreal really dominated them. I mean, Connor Hellebuck was an outstanding goaltender in that series. He didn't get enough credit, I think. Um, his team just wasn't good enough, which kind of scares me because I don't want Montreal to kind of do what, what the Jets did, right? Yeah. In, in 2019, we had something where I think the Islanders swept swept Pittsburgh and then they got swept by Boston and then Boston yeah, got swept by somebody. And I just don't want that to happen to Montreal. I, it would suck. It would vindicate all the U.S. Um, homers who are claiming the U.S. division is miles ahead of, of the Canadian division. I think that in a regular season, almost six out of seven of the Canadian teams would have made the playoffs. Um, that's just my personal opinion, though, and I could argue about it. But, hey, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's no Boston. There's no Carolina. There's no Florida. Like, all these top teams that everyone was praising. So, yeah. What are you going to do? That's it. I remember I was chatting with one of my buddies at work the past few days, and he's like a massive Calgary Flames fan. And I, I asked him if he enjoyed the Canadian division and if he would ever want to stay. And he was like, enjoyed it, but I never, ever want to see it again. For that exact reason, Matt, just because like so many good teams not having the opportunity. And also just, I mean, we saw it all season, right? With some teams just getting absolutely destroyed because they couldn't handle fighting the top of the table all season long, right? So... Exactly, man. And the way that Montreal has to play to get success, I mean, and certain teams, they've got to clog up clog up offensive chances and they've got to slow down the game, which can get really hard and daunting over a 10-game, 9-game series with guys like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl or yeah. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. I mean, during the season, it's, it's hard to play this style, especially with the refs not allowing you to play that style that they're currently playing in the playoffs. So it just kind of makes sense to me. I mean, I did say they were built for the playoffs, man, and they're proving me right. I'm so happy to see it, dude, and I hope it continues for you. Buddy! But don't expect it. Just pray for it. <laughs> I mean, hey, whatever mental that gets you through, as long as you get to keep watching good hockey, that's that's what I'm hoping for you. Exactly, man. I mean, 
I'm not the best hockey picker, obviously. I, I, I thought Carolina was going to come back in that series, but Tampa easily takes them out 4-1. Dougie Hamilton making the comment about them being $18 million over the cap, which, you know, they are, but the cap doesn't matter right now. Kucherov had seven points in that series. Stamkos had five, Point had six. They're just too strong up front. And, man, Vasilevsky is the Russian carry price. This yep. guy... Three straight series clinching shutouts. Game uh, Stanley Cup final last year, first round this year, second round this year. He's rocking a nine forty in the series, like just too nice. Well, I'll say it like I do every week, Matt. Defending champions. That's crazy though. That stat of three shutouts, like that's oh, that's insane. Man is a big game goalie, and he is just he's the difference maker, man. Uh, he did it with Russia at the World Juniors. I remember that year uh, quite well, and he has proven it since. He's an elite, elete goalie. So, well, you'll see, man. Wouldn't it be fun to have uh, elite goalies in the finals against each other? I don't want to get too, too far yeah. ahead of myself. Not with Tampa's firepower, man. They, <laughs> <laughs> they rank way too high for Montreal to punch above that weight class. But you well, never know. You never know, right? I mean, you think about this Vegas series, right? How they've come back against the avalanche. And like, I didn't think they would be able to do it. And here we are, man. Here we are game six at 9 PM tonight. Um, after game one and two, you really thought Colorado was just going to take it home, but I'm, they've been really close and Vegas has kind of figured out their form. Uh, they're shutting down that McKinnon line and keeping it pretty quiet, which is really impressive. I think he only has three points in the series after having nine points in four games in the first round. Fleury's playing out of his mind good. Um, yeah, we'll see, man. Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty leading those Vegas Golden Knights uh, into a series against the Habs would be pretty fun for me. I mean, Max Pacioretty and Nick Suzuki got traded for each other. Be fun to watch. Yeah. And Carey Price in Montreal, taking out the greatest French-Canadian goalie of our generation and Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of hoping for a Vegas series, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Colorado comes back. Well, I'll tell you this. It's currently two minutes into the game tonight, and both teams have a goal. So, we'll see. <laughs> Wild, man. They've got good goalies, too. I mean, both are up for the Vesna and Philip Grubauer and, and Fleury, so... That goes to show you how elite their their offenses are. Man, it's been exciting. I've enjoyed the hockey that I've got to watch. Man, but I really want to talk about that New York Islanders team. You know, they are six playoff series wins since John Tavares left, and John Tavares has zero. Big ouch right there. When he left them, the Toronto Maple Leafs had just finished a 105-point season, and... The New York Islanders had 80 points that year. They effectively traded in the offseason uh, free agents. Tavares goes to the, the Leafs, and the Islanders got Leo Komarov and Matt Martin in free agency off the Leafs. Names I do not know. Yeah, fourth-line players. Well, Leo Komarov's a little bit higher in the lineup. He's a, he's a great utility player. Matt Martin's a little bit more of like a grinder thug. Man, it doesn't matter. John Tavares has dragged those Leafs down while the New York Islanders, has, Islanders have elevated themselves. I mean, Lou Lamorello, the cast off from the Toronto Maple Leafs, they didn't want him to be a part of their, their front office anymore. They wanted it all to go through Kyle Dubas. 
He takes the job over there. He brings in Barry Trotz, who had just won a Stanley Cup in in Washington. Don't know why they let him go after that. And they've done nothing but win. This is their second straight year in the conference finals, man. For a team that has no superstars and no elite goaltending. Simeon Varlamov has bounced around from team to team. And Ilya Sorkin is like a second-year goalie. Just wild, man. Just doing it as a team, right? Everybody coming together and, you know, getting it done when it matters. Exactly. And those key key off-season pickups or mid-season pickups for Lou Lamorello, I mean, he got John Gabriel Pajot, who's leading them in scoring this playoffs. He's also got six points in that Boston series. Paul Mary, six points in that series. He's leading the team in goals. Varlamov comes in and in after game one, he rocks a 9.33 and a 2.4. I mean, that was the major difference because Rask, not very good. He had a below 900 save percentage and almost three goals against per game. They got a lot of scoring from Pasternak and Martian, but just not deep enough. Well, I mean, I'm not upset because it's Boston, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> hey, man, definitely not upset because it's Boston. <laughs> and of course, Islanders fan over here. I'm really excited. You know, that Lightning Islanders matchup, like I win no matter what. But uh, I- I'm excited, dude. Fair. I didn't even think about that, man. Yeah. yeah. You're you're getting a team in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, exactly. Yo, imagine if the Habs get through. I mean, <sighs> everything's going to work out for me in the end, I guess. Dude, I love it. I haven't uh, seen them seen them in a conference final in my life. I haven't seen them in a in a Stanley Cup final. And if they won, man, the city would go nuts. They went nuts after that game four win. Oh, of course they did. Matt, I, I was saying it last week or whatever it was after the Leafs absolutely fell flat. You know, Leafs fans were looking at Montreal like, ha, you're gonna be this. We're gonna we're gonna consume you before we go all the way and wouldn't it just be something if the reverse happens? Oh, man. It would be so sweet. But I think that's enough about hockey, man. Uh, third round starting up soon. Can't wait to talk about that next week. NBA is just moving along quick, man. We got to get over there. I know. All right. We got tons to talk about. You know, teams disappearing, teams sticking around, players shining. But we have to start with some coaching situations because, man, things have been changing left and right. So kind of last week, uh, the Celtics made some really interesting changes. Uh, Danny Ainge is officially retiring, and Brad Stevens, someone who everyone thought was going to coach that team for years and years and years, is moving upstairs, and the Celtics need a new coach? What? Man, wild. Brad Stevens did a marvelous job. I mean, he took over that team when they were in, in turmoil, man, when they were in the lottery and he put them as winners. I never, I I guess Ainge, like after that really great Brooklyn trade, never really did much with all the assets that he accumulated. He did turn them into Tatum and, and Brown, but I mean, they lost Kyrie. They lost Gordon Hayward for nothing. Um, maybe it'll be good. I mean, Stevens knows that team in and out so he'll know how to orchestrate the players around them that they have now it's interesting the rumors that i've heard matt is that it's all been a ripple effect over time right everything that you've mentioned and then also the combination of how apparently he was trying to trade kemba for drew holiday earlier in the beginning of the year you know when the drew holiday situation was happening and it's all it's all just kind of a weird wacky situation but matt that coaching job for the celtics 
when you look at the roster and you look at the type of talent that Tatum is, oh, somebody's moving in and getting a real nice, nice job. Oh, man. It is a prime job to take over because with those two players in Brown and Tatum, I don't expect Kemba to come back next season. They've got enough talent to get to Eastern Conference Finals um, and even push for finals if they can add a, a couple pieces here and there and build a steady roster. I mean, the Kemba trade rumors are everywhere. He's definitely... I mean, it's going to be so interesting, though, because I don't know who takes him, who pays him, but that's a conversation for another day, Matt. Let's stick to coaches. Let's move on to three firings, Matt, that we had this... Sorry, let goes that we had this week. Terry Stotts, crazy to think, after all the time that the Blazers have had, He's gone. Damian Lillard and the Blazers are going to have a new direction, Matt, and I hope it does things because I was sad to see Dame fall out of the playoffs. Yeah, man. I I was so sad about it. I mean, I do like the Nuggets, so not too heartbroken, but I love me some Dame Dalla. And you know who's thinking about taking over that job, apparently? Isn't Nets it, assistant um, coach, Dan Tony. <laughs> yep. Of course. Gets a new Harden to play with. Exactly, or a new Steve Nash just in the form of Damian Lillard. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's definitely going to be something. It'll be interesting to see what the situation happens over there. Moving on to the Magic, Coach Clifford and the Magic have agreed to part ways. And I mean, this kind of makes sense considering the Magic went full rebuild this offseason. And, you know, it'll be nice for them to have some fresh face because Clifford's been there for a while, I'm pretty sure. Man, he's been there for a, a little bit too long for a team that's just been middling for that long. Our boy, though, Nate Bjorken. Dude. Yes, Nate Bjorken, our boy. I mean, I don't really know what to say about this, unfortunately, because there's there's so many rumors here and there of the conversations of how we didn't have the locker room, blah, blah, blah. Either way... Only having a job for a year, your first head coaching gig, it's tough for him. We'll see what happens. In a pandemic, man, I mean, that's a really tough job to to take over. And, I mean, not getting the locker room, I'm sure it's hard when you have to wear a mask, when you've got to socially distance, when you can't kind of do the things and, and run the, the system that you want to run. So I feel bad for the guy. Hopefully he'll get he'll get another shot. Hey, man, you can always come back and be an assistant coach with us. I mean, that's it, right? Like, we'll probably welcome him back. But I just hope that he'll get another opportunity. Like, obviously, the team was trying to do the whole Nick Nurse coaching tree. Let's bring somebody in and hopefully find the next Nick Nurse, basically, kind of situation. And it didn't work out. And, I mean, it's the Pacers. So who knows what the heck is going to happen with that organization. Yeah, I mean, apparently they don't have the green light to blow it up. Um even though they probably should because they can't. I don't think that's a championship roster that they're building. I'd love DeMontis Sabonis on our team, though. So Amen. if he's available via trade, let's go get him. <laughs> Amen, Matt. All right, okay, so that has dealt with the coach letting goes. Let's talk about these awards because Fast Fire and they came out this week. So obviously, Coach of the Year as voted by peers a few weeks ago, we already talked about, but this is Coach of the Year as voted by media and fans i guess so tom thibodeau the legend of new york and what he did unfortunately they're out of the playoffs but congrats to him for getting should be money williams i mean yeah sorry no don't worry <laughs> i get that don't worry man dude they missed the playoffs last year and they're second 
and they're so good. I guess you could say CP3, but CP3 didn't even win MVP. Yeah, no, you got a point there. All right, MVP, I called him as my runner-up at the beginning of the year. One of the only things I think I'm going to get right from the beginning of the year, but Nicole <laughs> Jokic, the... What is it? He's the he's the farthest down the draft player ever to win MVP as a 42nd pick. Absolute legend. Yeah, man. I mean, I love the shirt that he was wearing the other night. Um, didn't love the performance, but hey, he's the MVP. He's the Joker. He's he's worked himself all the way up there. Uh, it's kind of funny that he eliminated um, Yusuf Nurkic in the first round. The guy that uh, Denver was oh, contemplating yeah. keeping over for him but they made the right choice man he's got eyes in the back of his head he makes unbelievable plays could you imagine if he's just stayed in shape all year oh man i just love the fact that i was watching some like highlights of breaking down nicole Jokic. it was just like all you have to do as a player with nicole is just keep moving because as long as you're moving eventually you'll find an opportunity and he'll instantly have the ball in your hands. It's unreal the type of like skill he has to distribute the ball. Yeah, and he just sees over top of everyone. I mean, he's the first center since Shaq to win the award of MVP and very deservedly so. I mean, some people are arguing it should be CP3, but again, like I just think the Joker deserved it here. He he definitely did. My my favorite part, Matt, was the the fan vote for um, Derrick Rose, getting him uh, on the conversation board with that little bit of vote. He's like the worst, like quote unquote worst, because of his like stats from the season player ever to get a like an MVP vote. It was really funny to read that stat. Dude, Derrick Rose, uh, once an MVP um at twenty two and and deservedly so. Don't know if he deserved the one vote, but hey, love to see it. Fan vote, Matt. Classic New York coming out in style this season. But let's move on to the last award. Rudy Gobert, DPOY, third time in his career. Giannis barely got any votes when I was looking at that. Just want to bring that up. But Matt, what's your thoughts? Do you think this was Rudy's year for the award? Oh, man. We talked about it earlier, I think a couple weeks ago. I really think it's Simmons. Ben Simmons, the way that he guards out on the perimeter, the fact that it's a perimeter game. Yes, Rudy can affect the 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 paint, and he does, but there's just something about Ben Simmons to me that I think he should have gotten it. I know he came second runner-up, but getting the hardware is, is more important. Amen, Matt. I You know, we, we talked about this, so I don't even have to get into it, but, I mean, you think about that block that Gobert had against the Clippers at the end of that game. That's pretty DPOY candidate situation, yeah. but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, Matt. Let's roll into some injuries, and then we can talk about these first rounds. Uh, only a couple of note to mention. DeAndre Hunter for the Hawks. Um, he's having knee surgery, so he's done. We'll see if that's a big deal. We'll talk about if he's got more potential impact with this Hawks team in the future. Also, the hilarious one, Matt, Harden's injury. Guy plays 30 seconds in game one, gets a rebound, and is like, oh, nope, my heart... And, it still doesn't matter? Oh, my God. We're going to get into this later, but, like, wow, Matt. Yeah, man, he re-aggravated that hamstring pretty easily. It didn't look like much, but, yeah, he's out. Yeah, I mean, they might just be letting him uh, extra rest considering the state of the series, but getting ahead of myself, yeah. the last injury of no, Mike Conley didn't play game one. He's also got hamstring tightness. Now, it didn't 
matter, you know, the Jazz still got the win, but if I think about this series, I think about the resilience of the Clippers, I hope he gets healthy because I think he's an important piece for a championship Utah Jazz. Man, they definitely have big aspirations, and Mike Conley is a big reason why. I mean, yes, Donovan Mitchell is is great, but there was talk about Conley being the best player on that team this year, um, not necessarily from a scoring perspective, but from an all-around basketball play, and that's a legitimate conversation. So he's definitely an important piece for this team. Hopefully they can get past the Clippers, maybe missing him for a couple games, but hopefully he gets healthy quick. I mean, if Pandemic P keeps showing up. Though. Anyways, I don't. Uh, that's too far ahead of myself. <laughs> I have hope for Conley. I love Conley's game. You know, I, I hope he gets better and gets to play because I love the Jazz are playing so good right now. And Conley is a huge piece of that. But let's take a step back. Let's roll back to the first round, Matt. Shall we start with that Nuggets game against the Blazers when Lillard went home and we were sad but not sad at the same time? Man. Porter Jr. came out in that game firing. He dropped 22 points in the first quarter. He, he was automatic. He started four for four from three. It Just gotta bring amazing to watch. I mean, he didn't end the game with like a ridiculous stat line, especially when you start the game that hot, like 26 points and, and six of 12 from deep. But he gave himself enough time and, and that team enough time for Nikola to take over in the second second half, and he did. He pulled them through in the fourth quarter, and that's all they needed, man. Eliminate them Blazers, send them packing. It's, they, I guess Portland just wasn't deep enough. No, and I mean, it's sad when you think that the fact that the Nuggets were missing two starters in that game as well, but... I want, I want to take a step back to MPJ because, Matt, it's funny you bring up his starting so strong and ending poorly. If you look at his statistics, that's Michael Porter Jr. to a T. And this game was just an example of him absolutely coming out swinging. And thankfully, everything fell down because no matter what, Matt, when it comes down to the end of the game, he might hit one or two big shots, but his overall efficiency, it takes a tumble in the fourth quarter. Yeah, massive, man. I couldn't believe when I looked at the stat sheet at the end of the game and he had 26 points. He had a decent impact, but definitely not where I expected him to be after that first quarter explosion. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, anything else about this series or shall we move to the next one? Nah, man, I think the Nuggets just had him. Just had it. You know, Joker over Nurkic. Denver picked um, it right. All right, shall we talk about the craziest thing, the... Everyone is amazing. What? CP3 is going through. LeBron is gone. You called it, man. Yeah, I called it almost in the reverse curse fashion, but I got it right, I guess. But (laughs) hey, man, the Phoenix Suns, give them credit. Devin Booker, 47 points in a closeout game, 15 of 22. Like, was just lights out. 8 of 10 from deep. Um, Jay Crowder's so good Chris Paul I mean he doesn't need to score to impact the game the way he does when you have 12 assists like that I mean I know a lot of them are coming off Booker but get the man open shots he'll drop 50. Booker started the game with 22 points on eight of nine shooting and six for six from three it was disgusting Matt like oh I felt kind of bad for LeBron you know like he was trying and obviously like you know, Anthony Davis 
you could tell he couldn't really move. Booker scorched him in those first five minutes when he did try to come out. But you gotta give you gotta give a testament to the Phoenix Suns right now. They came out and they were like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, we don't care. We're not going to give you a chance." And it was thirty six fourteen at the end of the first. I'm pretty sure. Like, oof. I feel bad for LeBron, but at least hey, he gets to go focus on uh, Space Jam now, right? <laughs> yeah, man. He didn't need this. He got Space Jam. Uh, kind of sucks to see him not in the finals or even out of the first round. First time in 10 years that we're not going to have Steph or LeBron in the finals. Pretty wild. But if you if you add Kobe to that list, you can go back 16 years. I'm pretty sure. Oh, 15 geez. or 16. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Matt, I have to I have to make another comment about Space Jam just because do you know that every NBA player that's going to star in this movie had their team eliminated before the second round of the NBA playoffs? I was reading I was reading an interesting stat. Everybody who's taking part um in Space Jam is gone cuz Damian Lillard I'm pretty sure was in the movie. Um, you know, obviously LeBron's in it. And then who somebody else was going to I can't remember the other name, but there's a fun stat I was reading that I thought I'd have to bring up. Definitely, man. I mean, LeBron James is 36. He is getting to the point where he's not going to be the the number one player in the NBA. Um, He's got to have something left in the tank at the end of the season, which he didn't look like he did. Like, 29 points for him, nine rebounds, seven assists, two steals, two blocks. I mean, that's pretty ho-hum for LeBron. Yeah. In a must-win game, like, pretty ho-hum. It is unfortunate. I have to say, Kyle Kuzma is trash. Uh, anyways, that's that's, it. that's all I got. That's that's I'm See done. You in China. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, AD was injured because while I still think that the Suns, what they showed to us proved that they probably could have gone through because Aiden is playing absolutely out of his mind. I'm so tired of the injuries because it's stopping us from seeing the best basketball possible. Because AD came out like he did last year and was like, "I am a star. I am a stud." I can do this, and then goes down with injury, and you know they, the Suns blow the Lakers out without AD on the floor. Yeah, unfortunately, man, no match without AD. All right, shall we move on to a team that you had no faith in coming back? The Clippers. They win Game Six. They finally win the first game at home in Game Seven, and Kawhi Leonard goes full 2019 Raptors. It was insane, Matt. I didn't think the Clippers were going to pull it out, but unfortunately, when Kawhi goes off and does the things that he does and Luka has nobody helping him, it's going to end bad for the Dallas Mavericks. Well, I think that was the biggest issue. The role players had started out so hot in that series. I mean, Maxi Kleba, um, Tim Hardaway, Vinny Smith, they were all playing really well, and then they kind of just... They faded a little bit. Um, Przingis is not a, a second star whatsoever. Um, and he looks pretty poor about it. Even with Luka scoring 46 points and 14 assists in the final game, they get dummied. And if you're right, man. Kawhi Leonard went full Raptors mode. Just high efficiency, dagger twos in your face. Doesn't matter who's guarding me. I'm going to pull up and just drain this shot. See you later. Shot 60-40-90 in the series. Over 200 points from Kawhi. Go on the other end. You have well, you have Luka, 36 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. 41% from 3. Like, I felt so bad for him. But the worst match was for me because I didn't really get to watch Game 7 because I was working. But I remember checking my phone at, like, you know, probably partway through the second. And Tim Hardaway Jr. was, like, 1 for 7 from 3. And I straight up said, 
oh no, it's over. The Clippers are winning this game. And then I got home and started looking at the stats, saw how Kawhi went on an 18-point run by himself in the fourth quarter. What? Like, 2019 Kawhi vibes. He was not going home. And the Mavs couldn't shoot and, you know. I mean, I'm pretty sure Paul George had a good game six, but not a game good seven. And, I mean, Reggie Jackson was doing really good. But, man, the Clippers got lucky. I want to say that. Man. 100% they did. When the other team, which is like not a great three-point shooting team, only shoots 20%, 28%, like you're going to win that game. And I think that's where they're going to get into trouble with Utah if they kind of play the same style. Utah's going to make those shots, man. Yes, definitely. All right, so we just roll into the second round and just start Jazz Clippers because we're already on the topic? Yeah, man, sure. I mean... Utah getting that game one win by three points. They hit the extra three pointer, seventeen to sixteen. That's the difference, right? <laughs> yeah, and that uh, coach's challenge that they won in the second as well for Rudy. Like a lot of things are going right for Utah, but Matt Donovan Mitchell is a killer. He's a like what he does, the confidence he shows. It is wonderful to watch on the floor, dude. He is phenomenal. 45 points. He has more 40-point games than so many superstars in the NBA. In NBA history, man, in terms of playoffs. Like, the guy's got, I think, four already in his career. Like, just absolutely phenomenal. I'll agree with Stephen A here. Dwayne Wade 2.0 might even be better, which is wild. I mean, he's got time to prove that he could be better, right? But, I mean, there you have to take a lot of things into consideration, right? This Clippers team was tired. Kawhi was tired. Pandemic P absolutely showed up in game one. But, I mean, I don't want to sell them out short. I know, crazy, right? I don't want to sell this Clippers team out because, you know, just like how we were talking last week, I remember, I was like, ah, Kawhi has to show up. He has to prove to me that he doesn't want to go home. And he absolutely did that down the stretch. So if the Clippers can stay alive... They might have a chance, but when you think about that block that Gobert had to end that game on Morris, like, oh, ain't that going to be the tell of the series? Man, it is. We'll see if, uh, you know, if the Clippers can do anything about it, but I'm really hoping they don't. Again, not a fan of them after they stole Kawhi <laughs> from us. He should have stayed. We would have been a dynasty. I'll bring that up every chance I get. Oh, so true. Okay, let's roll to the other Western Conference series, this Suns and Nuggets series where I'm so sad that Jamal Murray's not here because as much as Jokic is the MVP, he just can't carry enough against this unreal-looking Suns team. Man, he's got to do something about DeAndre Ayton. He's got to show him that he's the MVP and not this three years ago first overall pick who some people didn't think was playing that well. Because he's matching him, man. Through two games, Aiton's been all up in his grill, all up in his face, and, and really been able to contain the Joker. And that's been the major difference, man. Because Phoenix, they've got Bridges, they've got Booker, they've got Paul, who can all stri- like stripe it from deep, and it's just going to get to you. I'm really enjoying the Suns team. You know, I I was high on them. You know, coming into the season, I was excited for Chris Paul to join this team. I was excited to see what he could do 
with Booker, but, like, man, they have absolutely blown my expectations out of the water. I'm so happy to see it. You know, when I flip to the other side of the coin and I think about this Nuggets team, like, MPJ is shining or he's just falling flat. He might have back issues, apparently, they were talking about from Game 2. So, I mean, if he can't hit down shots, they don't have enough. Like, Aaron Gordon's a great player. Um, who, who else is... Who's their other starter? He's an okay player. <laughs> yeah, but Austin Rivers, t- Camposo. Like, like yeah, they don't have enough, man. They have good players, but when you are missing your star shooter when you potentially are missing your young rookie who is showing up in moments when you absolutely need it, and you're facing a Suns team that just took LeBron James out of the playoffs in the first round for the first time, you're going to get slapped around. So hopefully Jokic comes out and decides that, you know, MVP is going to happen and he comes and decides he's going to have a 50-point game. I'd love to see a 50-point game from Jokic. Can he do it against Aiton? I don't know. I don't think so, to be honest, but... It's going to be really interesting. I just hope that, you know, they can turn it around. I really want to see more basketball out of this series. Definitely want to see a, a more basketball come out of this series. It's pretty good basketball, but, I mean, when you get slapped by 25 points and Devin Booker only shot 6 of 14 and went 18, 10, and 2, like, I don't know if you're going to get a better chance to win a game without Jamal. That's it, right? You have to take those opportunities when they're given to you and... Uh, man, it's Phoenix. I don't know what else to say about the series at this point. Like, I'm hoping that next week that the Nuggets will come back in it, so we can we can like break it down a little more and and see a little hope for this Nuggets squad. But from what I've seen so far, I mean, you'll see my prediction later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it, man. You know what I was really surprised about? Atlanta coming out in Game One and just beating the 76ers, man. Like Trey Young. Do what you do, buddy, because 35 points, just unreal to match up against Joel Embiid. Man, I told you coming into the series that, you know, Philly has to figure out how to slow down Trey, and, I mean, the man was a monster, and, I mean, bogey, shushing the crowd at the end of game one, like, I still can't believe that Embiid is playing as well as he is, to flip the coin to the other side, because this man... 100% has some type of torn meniscus, minor, major, I don't know. And he's still dropping 40? What? In almost back-to-back games, man. 39 and 40 with 9 and 13 rebounds, respectively. And he's shooting over 50% from the field. Like, yeah, you're right. Guy's an animal. He's probably trying to prove that he was the MVP (laughs) and that we shouldn't have given it to Joker, but we'll see. Injuries, man. Hey, you got to stay healthy. This is the thing. But apparently Embiid is always injured enough that he can just be doing unreal things even when injured. But Matt, I heard the savior of game two is actually Shake Milton, who is a player that I know of, but don't really see very often because he came out and had a big situation for the 76ers when Ben Simmons was having a, a not so great game. And Tobias has been up and down this series. So it's exciting when you can have a moment like that. Yeah, man, definitely nice for them to to get some production out of a younger player in Shake Milton. Um, I think Matisse Thibel did a fantastic job guarding Trey Young in game two. Uh, Him and Simmons split in that duty. But, man, yeah, they were able to shut him down, and and Shake was able to give them that that extra bench push. I mean, the real story is Joel Embiid, man, dropping 40 points, 
Seth Curry also five of six from deep. Um, and he's he had five in both games. He's ten of fifteen, which is not bad, man. Like guy's been been pretty lights out in this series I, too. So far. I wish he didn't leave the Mavericks. Uh they would have beaten the LA yes. Clippers with him, man. Oh, oh god, I'm thinking too. Any, anyways, anyways, okay. But yes, this series, I, I mean, you know, the Hawks came out and they stole game one. The real question is how the 76ers are going to respond now, you know, going to Atlanta. Because all it takes, Matt, is Embiid to fall the wrong way, right? And he's done to, to absolutely rip his meniscus apart to the point where he couldn't play. And that gets really interesting because he's put up so many points and has been such a dominant figure. And yet the Hawks won a game already. So if Embiid stops playing and Simmons isn't going to put up 30 points because he's not that type of player, like, I mean, I don't know if, if it could be really interesting and the Hawks might surprise a lot of people in these next few games. Man, if the Hawks make it out of this round, it'll be a major shock. And I think it'll have to be because Joel Embiid isn't playing at 100% or playing at all in this series. Um because they just don't seem to have an answer for him. But you're right. He is one awkward fall, one awkward jump away from from being out. So, hey, Trey Young could make it all the way to the third round in his first ever uh, playoff experience. The guy's, you know, shooting it lights out in the playoffs and is putting in points. So, got to love to see that for a younger player. And you also have to think about how the organization would feel considering the amount of money they spent on this offseason, right? Like, they were a small market who looked at Trey Young and was like, oh, we have this kid who's going to, you know, eventually sign this max extension and then we're going to have less options. Let's sign Gallinaro, who is playing okay. Let's sign um, Bogdanovich. Like, they spent money to make a push, which is crazy considering the, the you know, how strong the East was this year. And, uh, yeah, I would love to see it because they are surprising everybody. But, yeah, unless Embiid goes down, I just, I think Philly has... Too much, even if you're only getting 65% of, of Joel. Like, I think they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. Just too much, man. Ugh. I guess we're going to move on to the, the dreaded series between the Bucks and Brooklyn, man. The Bucks, after a strong game one, just get blown out. Ugh. Okay, at least right now, there's seven minutes left in game three, and they're tied 74-74. Uh, but yeah, it's been... Man, I have so many thoughts about this Bucks Nets series. Like, I have to start with the fact that Chris Middleton is absolutely selling. Absolutely selling. He's like 13 for 48 on shots so far in this series. I mean, I'm going to take a step back because tonight he's 9 for 18. Okay, I mean, he started 9 for 11, so he's missed his past last seven shots. Uh, there we go. But anyways, I'm getting too ahead of myself. But that man is absolutely selling right now, and... You know, I've loved Drew Holiday. I think he's been fantastic, but his shooting numbers haven't been great. And with the amount of offensive firepower that Brooklyn has, 125-86 in Game 2, Matt? Oh, pain Man. is all I feel. Man, even if uh, Giannis can, Yanni can match KD, he doesn't have the two and three stars. I mean, they're nice occasional all-star players in Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, but they're not perennial all-stars like like Kyrie Irving or even turn back the clock Blake Griffin who finessed <laughs> the league and is dunking on people again. That man got up in the air. 
he also he also put in like four or five three pointers in game one as well. Like, just goes to show if you're a star and you don't want to play somewhere, you you can do anything. I mean, we joked about James Harden, right? James Harden in the way that he was before he got his trade deal. So I, I mean, maybe that's just the way of the Nets. You know, we collect all the people that don't want to play somewhere so we can win a championship. Isn't that Kevin Durant style? (laughs) Second biggest finesse. James Harden losing all that weight when he got to Brooklyn. I don't know how he did it so quickly, but dang, man. Yeah, but like, Matt, the fact that they were up almost 50 points at one point in game two, like, if... If the Bucks do not win this game that's happening right now, their mental will be so much farther broken than it already is, and there's no way they don't get swept unless Giannis puts up 60 in Game 4. Like, I'm so sad considering how hyped we were for this series. Considering his contract extension hasn't even kicked in yet. If they oh. lose tonight, they're not winning a championship, and he needs to get the heck out of there. Budenholzer... Man, make adjustments. Make adjustments. See that something isn't working, and instead of going, no, 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 but it worked before, and we just got to keep pounding it. No, no, no. Make the adjustment. You are garbage, coach. I don't know how you won coach of the year over Dwayne Casey. You're so lucky you've had Giannis in in Milwaukee. They should bring back Jason Kidd. Just garbage. All right, let me, let me, let me, right here. Brooke Lopez, 8 for 11 in game one. He played 27 minutes. Uh, no thank you when Holiday and Chris are having absolutely poor shooting nights and they're playing 34 minutes because, you know, Bud doesn't want to go over 36, 37 minutes. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure KD played, like, all of the minutes. Like, it's crazy watching the difference between these two teams because we are watching patience versus desperation. The way the Nets move the ball because of their shooting is, is gorgeous because they're willing to pass up good shots for great shots, which is championship caliber. And apparently their defense is, is stepping up come playoff time. And Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is, is a legend. The man is shooting 50% on three, basically, in the playoffs. He's He went 10 for 22 in the first round. He's 5 for 10 currently before tonight's game. And they were like all contested shots. Like, I've never seen a man so good at getting to his shot and pulling up, and it does not matter. That's knocking it down every time. Like, I'm so glad he's come back from his injury and has looked exactly the same. Dude, him and Kyrie, they make impossible shots just look routine. It is it is wild. It is probably the reason that they're winning this because it doesn't matter what kind of shot they're getting. If one of them is shooting, it's probably going down. And you're right, man. In that game one, which was tight, all the way, all the way down to the final, you know, couple minutes, and Brooklyn mm-hmm. wins by eight. Giannis, your MVP player, your guy who needs to be playing the entire game, <laughs> thirty-five minutes. Katie and Irving, forty and forty-four. Like, how can Blake Griffin be on the floor more than Giannis? It's just it's crazy. brutal. Fire my my, fa- my fa- that's the thing. my favorite thing I was reading. After yeah. game two was like, are we about to watch a coach get fired mid playoff series? Like, <laughs> legit, like yeah. so bad. Oh man, I feel bad for the Bucks. I feel bad for Giannis. I mean, the game's still tied, seventy six, seventy six, almost five minutes left. But I'd love to see them come back and get the Nets out of the playoffs. But man, is this a new super team? Because I'm scared of the Nets right now. Yeah, I didn't think they were gonna be this good, man. But KD absolute legend Kyrie also getting 
just whatever he wants. The guy's not even committed to basketball, and he's one of the greatest scorers in the in in the league right now. And oh, it's just brutal, man. Just brutal. I don't want them to win. Oh, no, no, we definitely don't want that. But hey, the favorite thing that I was reading about is the fact that James Harden has just been yelling about defense all the like all series long while he's been on the bench not being there. So that's that's kind of hilarious. But James, <laughs> I have you, to you know how to play defense. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. Come on, yeah, get back on defense, Harden. You are on the bench. Stop. You don't play defense. Anyways, anyways. All right, all right, all right. That's enough talk about these series, Matt. You ready for some spice? Yeah, man. Let's hear it. What's your mystic okay. prediction? Okay, okay. I'm watching this Western Conference right now, and I just don't see the Jazz or the Suns losing. I'm so confident in the games that they've played. I want to say both of them are winning in six. Heck, I think the Jazz might win in five, but that's just me dreaming. But I think the Western Conference is going to end six games both, and we're going to have a wonderful Jazz and Suns conference finals. Dude, I think uh, you're pretty right. I mean, especially about those uh, Phoenix Suns, because my mystic prediction and hot take is they're going all the way, man. We talked about it after the episode last week that this might be CP3's best chance and to win a title with this team. He he is the unquestioned leader. What he says kind of goes. Yes, Devin Booker is their best scorer. DeAndre Ayton is one of their better players, but CP3 runs that team now. And that's just what it's about, man. He's going to lead them to the finals. Man, it's been such a good playoff so far. We've had so many different storylines. Franchise stars missing, underdogs, 20-year-olds. Like, the league is in such a good place, Matt. And I just want to say one more thing before we close out. Because, you know, finally the NBA is getting new blood into the playoffs in the late rounds. And everybody's always like, oh, the narrative sucks. We always have LeBron this, LeBron that. Well... It's not going to happen this year, so I'm excited for the basketball that we're going to get. Yeah, man. As wide open as it's been in a really long time. I mean, those net, that Nets team is looking pretty scary, but hopefully we see some wacky basketball and maybe the Bucks can take it. Oh, let's it. hope, dude. All right, anything else? Nah, man. You're good to wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.